This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Sober Life Audio Experience. Yeah, yeah. Co-host right here, Brian Amaro, sitting with my other co-host. What up? It's Roman, and we are back again. A.K.A. Romy Rome. We've got another amazing episode coming to you live from San Diego. We've got an amazing guest, an author, two-time author, um, shaman, healer, miracle worker, Light worker, I think she throws light out of her fingertips and just <laughs> hits you with it sideways. The infamous, the famous Renee Barabo. Hi, Renee. Yeah. Well, hello. It's so great to be here with you guys. Welcome well. to the show. We've got your book, Winds of Spirit. I'm reaching for it. Winds of Spirit, um, published by Hay House, correct? Yes. All right. Well, we're excited to get into it today. And uh, we learned right before the show, Renee's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. She was a chef. She's a healer. She works in treatment Mm -hmm. and kind of does a lot of interesting, cool, different things. So we're uh, we're excited to get into it. Before we start, we always start with a few questions. So, Renee, uh, what's your vision? Your vision Hmm. for yourself, your vision for the world? What do you want? My vision is about helping people harmonize with themselves so that that they can show up present in the world. And okay. I think that that's, that's what I work towards and that's what I strive towards because I think all healing begins with the self. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Question number two. <laughs> what do you love? What do I love? Well, I love that we're in a produce, um, a produce warehouse because... I love food because <laughs> cooking saved my life. And yeah. Yeah, when I used to have to show up every single day because people were going to come to my restaurant and yes. and I'd get with those vegetables and I'd start to chop, I'd get far enough outside of my own crazy thinking mm. to get present and and it allowed some healing in. Did you ever chop your finger? I hear that happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, one time I was when I was just first learning how to, this guy had me uh, slicing cucumbers, and the thirty last cucumber in on the thirtieth pound of cucumbers, um, I took off part of my thumb, and Ow. it went right in with the 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 big batch of cucumbers. Yikes! Yeah. A little bloody cucumber, right? Nothing like some. Yeah, they're digging in there. You know, a little different texture. <laughs> got it. Got it. So uh, we know your vision. We know what you love. Tell us, what is one book that has influenced or shaped your life? Aside from your book. No, that's that, okay. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, aside from yours. Years ago, I was down in um, the, I was in the Caribbean, and I walked into my friend's house who lived down there, and on this table was the book uh, Buffalo Woman Come Singing by Brooke Medicine Eagle, and my friend wasn't into shamanism or anything, yeah. So it was like spirit had placed this book right there for me okay. about, you know, learning to walk on a medicine path. And and still to this day, she didn't even know how it got in her house. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So, Renee, I, I got to take a step back. For those that don't know, can you educate us? Tell us about shamanism. Okay. What is that? 
shamanism is a form of uh, living, and it goes back to uh, the word comes from the uh, Tungus in Siberia. But however, shamans in in many villages were the people who were the healers, but they were not just the healers of you and me. They were the ones that made sure that the livestock was cared for, the community was fed, that the the that they would procreate everything would keep procreating and mm-hmm. going on and they understand that everything absolutely everything from this table to this mic to the hats you're wearing is energy mm. and that this energy is alive rocks they're alive okay. and that through understanding that 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 time and space intersection where everything is energy and everything is alive um energy doesn't energy does can't be destroyed but it can be transformed mm. Okay. Interesting. And and how do you how did you fall into the shamanism and how do you use it? I mean in your everyday life uh and, and kind of getting some background. I guess how did you get to how did you get into shamanism? I mean, you mentioned being a cook. I mean, you mentioned being in recovery. I mean, how how does this story kind of develop? How does it unfold for us? So it kind of unfolds when I was back in my restaurant uh I was 30 years old, and I was using a lot of cocaine. I was drinking. I've heard of that stuff. I was smoking some pot. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my father showed up in my life to help me open this restaurant. And for a couple of months, we were talking on the phone every day. He was helping me, you know, the bank financing. So I have this grand opening of this restaurant. And the very next day, all my family came from different states. The next day, my father went home and had a massive stroke. Oh, wow. Wow. And so it was like the first time he really showed up in my life for me, and he shows up for something good and then goes again. And so I really used a lot of cocaine that year, and I realized that if I didn't change the way I was living, I was going to die too. Mm. And soon after there, I met someone who took me to a fire walk in the woods that was run by a nun. Okay. This isn't like the Tony Robbins thing, right? No, no. This was like this nun because just a little side story. Nuns don't get paid as well as priests. And so (laughs) nuns have to have side gigs. Got it. And this this nun had a side gig where she was... Nunning. She was like, right, they weren't getting none. And (laughs) she was uh, a Reiki master and did firewalks out in like Norwalk, New York, out in the woods, nowheresville. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it really opened my eyes to energy that you could walk on hot coals and not burn your feet. Okay. And once I saw that experience... So that's a real thing? It's a real thing. Got it. Really? It's such a real thing. It's really... <clears throat> it's not just in the movies or... No, you like sit around. People you do, do this. You do all these team building activities all night wow. long. And then the biggest trick about it, and, and I think this would be a suggestion for anyone in their life, is that right before you walk, you ask the fire... Shall I walk? And she told us a story of a man who burnt the bottom of his feet. And he said it was the greatest lesson for him because right before he walked, the the coal said, no, don't walk. Oh, wow. And so when he walked, he burnt his feet. I burnt my, like I burnt like this one little spot because after you see you can dance on the coals, like you dance and you like run back and forth and you you try to defy the fact that you're running back and forth on hot Coals. Yeah, on hot coals that we use to cook food in a way. Right, and the, I mean the flames were as tall as this room, 
that were, were this fire that we, we made for this. this Whoa. Endeavor. Okay. It was pretty cool. Okay. Got it. So that, wow. that, that had you begin to believe in and open up to the possibility of energy healing kind of take you down the path toward, I mean, we want to get into, I mean, the winds of spirit. <laughs> I mean, was that the first gust of wind that kind of pushed you somewhere? <laughs> I, I suppose it was. I just didn't recognize it way back then. I mean, you never, yeah. you know, everything really straightens out in hindsight, like yeah. they say. But right. in the in that moment, I was, I found that there was something there that was calling me. And this summer, I'm going back to teach at Omega Institute okay. in Rhinebeck, which 27 years ago was the first place that I went and did a shamanic retreat. Oh, no So it's like wow. I'm coming full circle to hey, be now. like really invited back there. Quick, cool. side, quick side note. When you walked on the coals, were you sober or not yet? Yes. Okay, so I you was, had been. I had been sober, yeah, so I wasn't drunk. Okay, um, got it. really did happen. Got I wasn't it. high. Did it hurt? No. No, no. I'm just like, it just doesn't make sense. I know, it really doesn't. I'm like just make trying sense. to put it together, and I'm like, all right. Well, you know, the shamans <clears throat> understand that you know time is relative, and you know that there is no time except that the way that we've said it. Mm-hmm. And the winds have taught me a little bit different about that, but the so that we it's an illusion. This us sitting here, it's because it's a it's energy. We're just all little particles of energy sitting here floating about. And we just, you know, we, we've we chosen to see each other as human beings, sober human beings. Mm. You with your hats on and me with my yeah. glasses on, you know. Just... I like your glasses. Yeah, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to wear some glasses. I thought I might as well make a statement. With They're them. nice. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. So okay. how, how does okay. this how does this kind of continue to unfold? You, you're getting into it. Like, when does it become more of a serious, not just a hobby, but like more of a like a passion and an endeavor, if you will. I consider it more of a lifestyle. Like okay. some people are Buddhist. Yeah. You know, they have us. You have to have a spiritual practice. Some people mm-hmm. find it in the twelve steps in the right. rooms, right. and that becomes their spiritual practice. Other people say, "Yeah, that's okay for a start, but let me it grow out." And so I was um, after I started having these spiritual experiences and. I decided to go to New Mexico for a spiritual adventure. Mm-hmm. I closed the restaurant. I told my, I sold the restaurant and I go get all the way to New Mexico. And it was what in my mind, when I got there, the farthest thing from a spiritual experience. Right. And I, all of a sudden I, I a month or two in, I had this vision. There was like this Indian man standing in my living room with this conch shell, which I didn't even know really what that was. then, with sage in it blowing West. Okay. And I mean, it was like, what? Mm. And I mean, I still resisted going west. I mean, I got fired from my job there, and they were all, it was just not the right situation. Wow, right, right. And, you know, Palm Springs, the hotel calls and offers me a job. They were going to pay me, and I'm like down to, you know, 100 bucks. Yeah. And and so when I got to Palm Springs, I met people really soon in who did sweat lodges. Ah. And the first time I crawled into a sweat lodge, I felt like, wow, this is a real cool way to pray. It's just me and the earth and the hot steam mm-hmm. yeah. and that, that there's no intermediary. Yeah. And so that's kind of what really attracted me to shamanism was there wasn't somebody standing up in front of the church telling me how to pray, right. how to do this. And I had to really then learn how to pray. Right. And yeah. so that was very helpful. Well, and begin to like listen too, right. And, and kind of 
you know, speak and then listen to what's being said back to you? Or, or how do you interpret? Is it, is it a voice in your head or are they physical signs that you see? Is it the smoke blowing west? I mean, what? <laughs> right. I mean, that was pretty po- You know, I've only had a few really visions like that in my life. Yeah. Uh, when the wind started to talk to me, I was like, I used to make fun of people who who channel. You know, that was just my thing. It's like, oh, come on. That just really doesn't happen to people. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden, these wind powers started to direct my life. And it was like, even as simple as last week, my assistant was getting ready to write the weekly newsletter, the weekly wind. And and she said, you know, I always struggle when we get to the cardinal winds, which are the, the west, south, east, and north. And, and I'm there like, well, I'll just pull another wind out of the bag because I have a bag of wind. Okay. Wind goes in bags. And, okay. And okay. So I go in, reach in the bag. There's 32 winds in there. What do I pull out? The same wind she didn't want to deal with. Ah. Like, so that's how they show me, like, that's happened way too many times that, like, I'm talking, like, a couple weeks ago, I was up touring a facility, and I'm talking about a wind, of all random wind, to this girl. And I said, hey, yeah, just open the book up to a wind. And she opens up to the same wind I just described to her. Wow. So okay. it's just like this synchronicity that what, keeps happening. What, what significance do the winds have? I mean, the title of the book is Winds of Spirit. How how um how did you come up with that? Well, truly, before before religion, people are wind believers. Okay. So the people are, are we talking about like the winds? Yeah, like the wind winds. The wind winds. Yes. Okay, like air blowing. Well, air. If in the Christian tradition, Holy Spirit is a wind. Ah. Ruach is a wind. Okay. Nirvana is a no wind. Uh, Puma is is a wind. They're all wind, and so. The this idea of wind then was taken and used in uh, religious traditions mm-hmm. to to claim what's the unknowable that power that's bigger than mm. yourself that you can't see. Gotcha. Got it. Okay. It's wind. Gotcha. Wind. Now, can you imagine? That kind of makes sense. So you got somebody who's like struggling with that higher power, but you can go right outside and have an experience, direct experience with God through getting wind slapped. Hey. Sometimes yeah. we need a wind blower to do that. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes there's a, uh, and actually in Aristotle's compass, there's two places on the compass where there is no wind. And so the, in the book, there's a, uh, there's a section, there's a, really? a, a no wind. And think of those times in your life where you just finished a project, you're in between the next project, and there's no wind blowing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or somebody dies. And that, that absence. So that place of no wind is an actual real experience. And south of the equator, there's a couple of spots where the wind doesn't blow. And in the 1500s, when before when boats were strictly wind-powered, they would oft have offload the animals and the livestock so that they didn't starve to death. Because oh, wow. it could go on for weeks trying to get out of that places of no wind. Oh. And that, the same thing goes on in our own lives. <sighs> So what's the what's the key in wow. in those situations? Is it just to hold on tight? Is it to just I mean just be just patient? Going home. I think a lot of it is to just understand that in your life cycle that there are periods of downtime when you're not going to move anything because it's not supposed to move. Mm. And just to understand oh. that everything just absolutely everything is reflected in nature. So if you're in doubt, look out the window mm. and watch how the seasons change. Yeah. 
You know, and if you start to start to look at that and like watch when the wind's blowing, where the wind's coming from, all of those things are right there before our very mm-hmm. eyes, but we've lost touch with them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that makes sense. Now, I got to ask you, Renee, um, this subject, the things that we're talking about, the winds, um, spirits, uh, energy, these are subjects or topics that let's say probably the majority of the population out there may not be familiar with. This may be unusual. Oh, good. To them. Yeah. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, let's get new wind believers. Yeah, yeah I'm saying, <laughs> it, is your experience that when when you talk about this to people? I, well, most, the winds went silent for a couple thousand years or, you know, or longer, because if you think about it, you know, we've been, We've been our tribes have been divided into religions. Mm-hmm. This country is primarily Christian, and so these, these are, we we back then tribes were separated by people who spoke the same language. Mm. So, like in an AA meeting, people speak the same language. So right. you have some lingo around that. Right. So right. people who don't know this language, it's easy to learn. It's yeah. It's, you know, the simplest okay. thing you can do is walk out the door. And feel the wind, and you're going to have a wind experience. Mm. Yeah, it's a start. It's true. Do you do you utilize shamanism as you're working with with addicts and alcoholics and, and addiction? So, at Michael's house, I have brought some of the wind work in. Huh. Now, one of the problems that that can cause in a, in a, an addiction treatment center is that a lot of Centers like to say we're evidence based. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know where miracles fit in into the <laughs> evidence based part yeah, of right. this, yeah. but every every addict, clean addict like yourselves, at some point had a miracle because we can't do this on our own. Absolutely. Right. And there's some point where something greater than yourself, be it the wind or, mm-hmm. you know, what you might call it, God or whatever you want to term that, comes in and saves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one time somebody passed away one weekend, one of our coworkers, and everybody at the outpatient was just lost. I mean, it was just, I mean, the girl was here on Friday, not here on Monday. Yeah. And so I just said, well, let's have a ceremony. And it wasn't even like I didn't ask for permission. I didn't, I'm just like, let's have a ceremony. Well, the next thing you know, 75 people, all the people from all the other centers, oh, every wow. outpatient patient was there. Wow. And they all came up to me and, and said, wow, that was that was something. Yeah. So I think as human beings, we've been longing for ceremony and we've been longing for ritual. Definitely. And some of this God-shaped hole that's plaguing our yeah. addicts right now is because we've lost our rituals, we've lost our way. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that that, you know, that that could have happened or that 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 that, that is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And it takes something simple to get us back to simplicity, if you will, right? right. Something as simple as nature, as our environment, as Wind. what's been going on for millennia, you know? If you were to sum up this book in a sentence or two, what um what would you say? That we've lost our way, mm-hmm. and that the way back to becoming whole and healed is through nature. Mm. And that this nice. the wind is just one aspect of 
of that, but a really yeah. powerful one. It was powerful enough for the religions to borrow it. Yeah. So, you know, it's something that's been hidden from us for, for eons. It's been hidden right in front of our faces, huh? Right, it's been <laughs> hidden as it, like, takes and... I, I love it. Yeah, I, I like what this says on the back. Experiential practice include wind breath, wind bath, wind knots, and more. And I've done the wind bath a lot. That's a real simple exercise. So say you're like really feeling sluggish. Yeah. You know, and you probably have a lot of new sober people listening mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. here. So this is like the easiest thing you can see if this works for you because, you know, I'm done. I might like, like look like a wing nut up here, but <laughs> that's okay. Because the winds have my back. I will say that. In my whole life, I was a spiritual seeker. Mm-hmm. And now I know the winds have my back. Mm. So if you're you're feeling really sluggish, you can go outside. Uh, stand with your feet, you know, shoulder length apart. Yeah. Put your shoulder arms out. And, and let the wind clear it through. Start with, you know, let, start visualizing that the wind is moving through you taking out anything that's dense, anything that's heavy. And then there's sometimes it hides, so you turn around and get the wind coming from another mm-hmm. angle. And then you turn around and bring it in through your back and do a full circle with this. And trust me, you're going to come in feeling lighter, clearer, mm-hmm. and, and a little more spent, centered. Mm. These are simple practices. All right. Simple and, and, and practical. And there's more in the book on that? Yeah, there's more in the book. And another great thing about the book is you could just open up to the back yeah. and get some wind device. Because in the back, there's 32 cross-cultural winds. So you'd think wind was wind, right? Yeah, yeah, and you kind of mentioned that earlier, the 32 winds in the bag. And I yeah. was like, what? Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> is that what we used to keep in our baggies? But, yeah. <laughs> so um, I tried to call it a nice satchel or something, but it's a bag. And okay. wind, you know, if you think of Fujin, the winds and stuff. So... Well, my curiosity was led when I kept seeing that these winds have different qualities. Yeah. Like the go to the Polish wind is about compassion, and Oya, the Yoruba wind, is about transformation. Mm. And um, uh, Mari, the Basque wind, which might be the precursor of the Divine Mother, is about you know it's about holding holding you in peace. And mm. so each wind had a different. You know, sphere of influence. In Does life. Palm Springs have a specific wind? Because I know it gets windy out there too. <laughs> Those are more the um, the the regional winds, okay? Uh, than the necessarily like the Santa Ana or right. the winds that blew up up north last year. Those were called the Diablo winds, the devil winds. Ooh, and and so there's a real long With story. All the fires. There's yeah. a real long story yeah. about. Because that's a real specific wind that comes in one way and hits the mountain a certain way, mm-hmm. and, and and it was always throughout history called the the devil winds. Wow, wow, wow! Well, I had no yeah. idea there was this much information on winds available. <laughs> this has been uh, this has been a very interesting episode. Yeah, for those that are listening, you know, just to tie this up because we do have to end this. Um, in conclusion, what would you say to those listening uh, who maybe have no idea what we're talking about, have no idea where to start, where to go, what to do? What would you say to them? One thing I can say is if you've listened from start to finish or joined in at any point in this and you're still here, your relationship with the wind is forever going to be changed. Yeah. And so yeah. So 
So you've started. You've already started. There's no yeah. there's no place else you have to go. It's like once you've been told you're an alcoholic and you hear it, yeah. your drinking's forever ruined. Well, yeah. now every time you go outside, you're going to say, hey, that nutty lady, she was talking about the wind and look at now I'm starting to notice it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you, you know, if you want to know more, you can join me. There's a Facebook group called The Wind Clan and I do a lot of free workshops and nice. last week I did a, a healing meditation using the wind whistle about healing your inner child by going to the healed place. Mm. So these winds awesome. carry us along, along the Milky Way and all of these places to find those lost parts of ourselves. So it's very simple. It's very practical. The shamanic path that will tend to lead to people who are already a little bit nature-based mm. and they can't necessarily find it anywhere else, come over and check out Winds of Spirit. Awesome, awesome. Renee. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yes. And uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been another wonderful episode of the, the Sober, Sober Life, Life Audio, Audio Experience. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.